You boys ready? Ready. Let's do a podcast. Shut up and sit down. Believe in yourself because you came all the way to here. That means you must have some talent. You must have some potential. Just don't throw it away by just giving up. I let go of the handlebars. Let go of the handles. I let go of the handlebars. Letting go of the handles. Yeah, I can't keep my hands off you or off my bicycle. I've told you once and I'll tell you again. Shut up. Legs. I'd love to say that to Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Doring as well, but I'd probably get canned from this gig. Nevertheless, enjoy the Dialed Podcast. Yes, showing up and participating is important. Trying your best is important, but neither deserves a trophy. If you want one of those, go win some. You ate all the waffles? Yes, I did. Could have asked us if we wanted any. Nuh-uh, if I give you the waffles, I won't get any. Link, would you like a waffle? There is no more waffles. I have them all. Why, yes, Red. I think I would like two waffles. You can't, you want two of them? I just, I just don't know why you guys get all the waffles. You guys are being selfish. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von Dering, and I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance. Friggin. Friggin. Friggin Hepler. In studio. <laughs> In studio. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I got my DJ voice on today. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the records. I don't know what, I don't know what DJs <laughs> what, say. They hit, they push a button now. I don't know what they do. Whatever. Shut up, Lance. <laughs> to his right, Matt Grand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking fan freaking tastic. You Ooh. are. No doubt about Damn. it. Do you want to see my tan lines? Yep. Ooh. <laughs> I, yep. I, got, I got too many clothes on. Yeah, oh, no pants, Lance. No pants, Lance. Those are the tan lines we're the talking speedos about. Speedos right? in Tucson speedos. were just a little too much for me. I, I don't know. <laughs> got some serious speedo tan lines now. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, dude, we're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> back in the Pacific Northwest with a little bit of rain yesterday. Oh, oh my gosh. A little bit. It, or a lot of it. It was quite depressing. I hate to say this. We, you know, I, I like hightailed at home. I drove like 15 straight hours on Sunday to make it home by Sunday night. And Monday, I'm like, okay, I'm home. Let's wake up and go for a ride. It rained so hard. A, an inch and a half in Portland. Yeah. It, so was, it was stupid. I honestly thought that you were going to stop and bend and get some riding in there. I, I, I checked just to see if you were like making your way home. And it was like maybe nine o'clock at night. And you were like, I don't know, like south east of bend heading through the desert or mountains or something like yeah. that and i'm like oh he's gonna stay the night in bend and then like the next morning you're like oh no i'm home i'm like did you just drive all the way <laughs> like, yeah i got home at midnight last night I'm like you're crazy well my wife is so if i went all the way through we were pulling in at like 11 30 at night which isn't too terrible and if and if we made it home she had a soccer game and a pickleball uh game that soccer she could make it to yep. should have guessed and so i'm like oh, okay i'll drive it's all good so we, we was she snoozing it. Uh, no, she was she was drawing, okay. and and we were coming over Mount Hood, and there was snow coming in, and if I if I had hightailed it over Mount Hood, we would have missed the snow, and we oh, missed the snow. There so you go. That okay. was another That's good. Smart. Yeah, I'm watching it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's jump into some topics. Multiple. What topics. are we, what are we, we talking multiple, about today? We're go Jake. Multiple topics. <laughs> This is all Lance's fault. <laughs> yeah, he threw out a lot of ideas for topics yeah. today, so that's well, good. We'll take well, let's help. start with this one, because we just, just got back from team training camp. Are training camps worth it, Lance? Oh, dude. 
Yes, indeed. My my answer is yes. Hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes. Any downside? Possibly. Uh, it's it can be expensive. Yeah. And it can be the travel can be difficult. We had yeah. a bit of a travel <laughs> disaster on the way home. It wasn't a full disaster, but we had quite a bit of travel really? mess getting back from Tucson. We were being all super responsible. Everybody was all packed up the night before. Everybody knew exactly what time they were going to leave. As a matter of fact, we even left like 15 minutes earlier than we said that we were going to leave so that we could arrive at the airport two hours ahead of time. And two hours. Two hours ahead of time was the plan. Yeah, so we could check all of our bikes and be comfortable and do all yeah. of the fun stuff. We made a decision that it was easier for us to drive or to fly in and out of Phoenix and drive to Tucson and back. And it worked out slick going there. That was fine because we got there at a time that was reasonable for us to get our bikes unpacked and go for yep. a shakedown ride, go to the yep. grocery store, get something dinner, and just kind of relax and have a, a nice day. Some of the other guys flew into Tucson. Yeah, hindsight being 2020, maybe was the better move. And they maybe. didn't get in, though, until like 11, 11.30 at night, and they and all they, still... They had, got in very late, and they left very early in the morning. Yeah. So the, the flight times weren't as agreeable. Yeah. Correct. Mm. So we're like, yeah, we'll just do this whole Phoenix thing. It'll be nice when you just sit in the car and chat for an hour and a half or two hours, however long it was. Heading back to good old Phoenix, Arizona. Was it on the I-10? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I someone so. decided that it would be a good idea to crash some cars and this is completely big, big backup oh and there's just no side road they shut no. they shut the freeway yeah. down they shut yeah are there side roads that they're you take? kind of but those backed up so, so fast yeah 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 of course it 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 delayed us by an hour oh man well i think it was more than that so we we rolled into the airport 45 minutes before the flights left instead of two hours before the flights left. No yeah. problem. So we had two cars. And one of the other stories is a little bit funny how they beat us there. But um, for us, uh, you know, Chris Ratt's such a gentleman. He's such a nice guy. Yep, and he, he got the short end of the stick on that deal. He did. But he was actually spot on right because we had to return a rental car, right? Yes. And he's like, I'm just going to drop you guys off at the curb mm-hmm. and let you guys hustle in there. I'm like, is there any, because I'm like, I want to take your stuff, yeah. at least hold on to it so that you can, you know, hightail it back over because the, the car rental returns off site. You actually have to take a, a, a tram right. or it's a, four yeah. miles away at yeah. the Phoenix airport. Yeah. So he's like, no, I'm not going to, you don't have to stay with my stuff. I'll just, I'll, 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 I'll take care of it myself. He's like, I'd rather see all of you guys make it and me miss it as opposed to all of us missing it. And that's he's a good guy for sure. What, no yep, doubt. That's yeah. what ended up happening. So we all got on by the skin of our teeth. Um, and then Chris made it back with time before the flight left, but they said that we can't get any of your luggage checked. Your, your bike's not gonna get checked through. And so he took a later flight. I don't know if you knew this. Um, I followed him in the van to the rental car facility so that he didn't have to take the train back. I did not know that. He oh. ran out with all his gear, threw his stuff in my van, and I sped back to the airport. The airport uh-huh. So that when we were like five minutes faster than the train. Sure. So, um, but it, it still was just, Doodle. it was it wasn't enough for him to make the flight. But. Yeah. And I got on the plane and. Chris had a, a really nice seat sitting there. <laughs> he's got he a first class seat. First class seat because yeah. he's a frequent flyer with all kinds of miles and all yep. this other stuff. Um, man, it was just sitting there empty. And I'm like, I wonder if I could take that seat. <laughs> I would have felt so guilty. But uh, yeah, it was unfortunate because Chris got left behind. But he did catch a flight later on. And then Ian Gibson with us was supposed to be, he he works for Alaska Horizon. And he- He's an aircraft engineer, engineer for Alaska exactly. Horizon. And he flies- for free, and but he has to fly standby. Correct. He didn't buy a ticket this particular go-around because he thought that based on looking at everything, everything was supposed to be good. So he, originally he was supposed to fly out of Tucson, and he was flying 
standby with a couple other guys. Yes. They ended up getting on the flight and he thought that it wasn't going to happen because it was looking too right. full, but everybody managed to get on. They got their flight back and they got home at something like, I don't know, like noon or something like that, our time. And they went out and got like 30, 40, 50 mile rides in at home and the <laughs> yeah. weather was nice and all that other stuff. And he, he passed on that and he's like, I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to go to Phoenix because it looks like the chances of me landing a flight there are better than in Tucson. Oh no. Wah, 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 wah. And then we didn't make it. And nope. then, and then the flight ended up being full uh-huh. and he wasn't going to make the, phoenix flight yep so instead (laughs) what do you do (laughs) well you hop in the hepler wagon i drove him to vegas oh (laughs) okay which is like four and a half hours away were you heading through vegas anyway yeah we were we were gonna head we well i wasn't sure yet but yeah that made the decision you would have stayed in like mesa for we might have stayed for a night yeah we're like okay we're going let's we're going to vegas so (laughs) Lance is sending me pictures of him and Brandy and, and Ian at Hoover Dam. and We had time to kill, so we yeah. actually ended up stopping at the Hoover Dam and and like touring it. Yeah. And then we also, I drove him down the Strip Trip, yep. because he's never been to Vegas really? before. No, he's oh. never been there before. So really? I'm like, oh, we got like, we got some time. I'm going to drive you down the Strip. It'll be funny. And <laughs> Sounds like you guys had a good time though. Oh, we had a great time. You know, yeah. just hanging out in the van and talking for like yeah. four hours. It was, we had a lovely time. So it was it was really nice. This has been Travel Talk. <laughs> Travel Talk. Let's get back to the question. Uh, for me, I, I thought it was fantastic. I think I rode, I think, 22 hours that week. So um, I only missed, I missed one ride because I went to that uh, thing in Scottsdale. Oh, that's right. I'm like, Peyton how Manning. are you less hours? Yeah, freaking Peyton yeah. Manning. <laughs> what were you doing with Peyton Manning? I had an investor meeting in Scottsdale, oh, and okay. Peyton Manning was the speaker, speaker at it. So he he and my <laughs> wife won the same like ESPN award or something like that. Oh wow! And and so like we had dinner with him and his girlfriend at the time, maybe wife now. I don't know. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Really? But, no, wait. Actually, I think that was Eli Manning. But then Peyton Manning was at Tennessee, and I. Met oh him, yeah, met him at a bar one time. Oh wow, <laughs> weird. Uh, we didn't. Anyway. We didn't actually get to meet him. I just got to see him from like twelve Distance. feet away. Yeah, I'm it sure. Wasn't big, but I bet he's a good speaker. It was I great, be, and I bet he's fun. He was like interviewed by somebody, just kind of about. Yeah, his, yeah, it was great. And actually, the guy who interviewed him is the guy who started the professional pickleball league in. Oh, I bet <laughs> your wife was into that. Oh yeah, she knew exactly. I care more about him than she did Manning. <laughs> yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, she yeah, knew yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who he was I'm like, I have no idea who this guy is. So, yeah, that was all kind of cool. So here's my thing on training camps. I love the fact that it's like a break in the for the wintertime for us to be, you know, not that I went on this training camp, but like when you, you skip out on the cold, gross, rainy weather, and it rained the whole time you guys were gone. Like, I don't think you missed much here. Yeah. Then over there, you'll get nice, sunny, great group rides with tons of friends, good place, good location, all these things. But you come back and your fit is all f yeah and there's no races there's well, no we, races anytime soon you guys have, have like there's races this weekend there's two oh, races there is? there's two races should someone you guys should plug this race that's coming up <laughs> what what race is there is dial gonna dominate this race because dial, we're just fresh off the training I camp i hope so you would you would hope so um on saturday is yeah they call it the paper town classic oh. uh it's the former dirty circles race the time that me and the race that Jake yep. and I actually uh, raced together at for the first time ever, like eight years ago, seven, seven years ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's that's on the Washington um, race calendar, and okay. it's being put on by the the guys at POA. Cool. So our our rival, our frenemy team. Yeah. <laughs> quick question. I quick question for you. 
We love those guys. We do. I think, I, so, I, yeah. I think it's fantastic that they're putting on a race. Paper Town, that's cool. That's kind of like a, yeah. a, a, a thing here. There's a lot of paper industry. Whatnot. Uh, Longview is a is a is a, is paper, also a paper paper mill, mill, town. mill yeah. town. Yeah. Can a first time race be called a classic? <laughs> And asking point. for a friend, I don't and know. It's, <laughs> and it's weird that they picked this weekend. Uh, it just so happened to be... It fits. Th- yeah, it fits. It's, it's fine. It, it landed the day before the Michael Myers Memorial Time Trial that right. we're putting it on Sunday. Yeah. And... Um, Did they pick that weekend before we picked it? That's I don't know, but their race is on Saturday. Ours is on Sunday, it's fine. so yeah. it fits. It yeah. still works. And yeah. a lot of people will race both. Yeah. yeah. Especially those of you guys that are fit, fresh off of training camp. I hope so. Yeah. Except for you're not. I accept I'm not. I'm gonna I be think flying. the pacing too, for me personally, I'd like doing the time trial second as opposed to yeah. going out because I feel like I really empty the tanks a lot more. Even though it's a shorter race, it, it takes more out of you when mm. you're on the, the rivet yes. for 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah. Versus yeah. the road race, there's a chance that you could be doing said like sitting on the river for that period of time but odds are you're going to sit in and your normalized power and your overall workload is going to be significantly less yes so are you racing both jake i don't will know. do the tt sure. i don't know just yet if i can make it to the road you're race. doing the eddie division of the the mike myers memorial time trial right correct okay. yeah see if i can get seventh place or second place second for the place. seventh seventh time <laughs> yeah. well it'll actually be the sixth time but yeah <laughs> uh, i don't know all my broken parts and pieces, I'd be happy to get 20th place in that. So there are races to go to <clears throat> okay. um, after training camp. So that, But there, there isn't like a decent road race for like a month after that. But our, our uh, mountain bike races start the following weekend. And there's okay. a race every weekend, a mountain bike race every weekend for the next like month. Just out of curiosity, I, I haven't looked at the calendar. What's the next road race after the Paper Town Classic? I have no clue. Like, there's no Kings Valley. There's no Montanori. There's no the, Kings Valley the this year Banana Belt's the only one I can think of that that's out at Hag Lake. I'm hoping oh, yeah. that um, the Oregon team's putting that back on again. I, I've heard that they are. I haven't looked at the calendar. But I can't think of any other road races other than PIR that, that are... There's just not any road races. Yeah. It's not like and they're... Even PR, it's not like they're coming up later. They're just not happening at all. Correct. Wow. They've... Pretty much promoters have walked away from the scene. Oh. Um, they're Swift Summit, but that's kind of gravelish. Okay, um, that's a hundred and a two hundred mile race, right? Yeah, correct. That's in April. Um, there's gravel races, road races. Is Banana Belt on that calendar? No, I don't see it. Huh? I wonder if they're coming back. Are you going to do some gravel races, Lance? Are you going to figure? I am. Okay. Yeah, I'm. But that's like summertime. <clears throat> it is like another but- two or three months. Yes, but the, the Gorge Gravel Grinders in April. Okay. I'll do that. Um, Hopefully you have good weather for Mike that. Mike Ripley has a couple events in May that I will do as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and then I'm doing Unbound. I got into Unbound. Oh. But I'm doing the 100-mile race, not the 200-mile race. double it. I'm doing the do- baby baby race. No, you have to do a 200. Are you doing the Paper Town Classic, Lance? No, it's on Saturday. Oh, you're going to be in? I'm going to be in. Gone. Because oh, you're jackal. Uh, <laughs> jackal. Is anyone else going jackal. from our, any of our other friends going to Unbound? Yeah, um, Surratt is going. Is he good? Um, is he it, doing the 200? He's doing I the assume. 200. Yeah. And David Barna is also going. And what's he doing? He's doing the 200. You're gonna get pressured into it, man. Just keep going. If they're like, you, nope, 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 off, off, and you just be like, no, I'm gonna keep going. Nope, I'm gonna be done at 100. <laughs> but I am, a I'm, lot. I am sleeping in the driveway of uh, Surratt's condo because okay. we just found out we got in and like all the housing is gone because right. Emporia is a tiny little town. Well, you got yeah. your house on wheels. You'll be. I fine. do have a house on wheels, so I'll be all right. That'll be fun. That's gonna be a fun trip. I just that'll think. Fun. I think that that's gonna be the mecca of gravel 
for a while for the foreseeable future, which means a lot of cool stuff because it means basically every bike company needs to be there. Yes. They need to basically have like a little expo on hand at that very small location, which of course means, yes, there's no housing available or yeah, anything like that. It completely still, takes it over. And it's 4,000 riders. 4,000 so. riders. But like, like the town is only like, I don't know what it is. I want to say it's like 2,500 or maybe it's 10,000. It's a tiny little town. Yeah. yeah. And I think that you'll get double that with the <laughs> bike industry showing up to talk about what's new and what's happening. And I think there's going to be, I think it's going to be neat. I actually really like the idea of having something in the U.S. that's dominant, right? Like mm-hmm. we are the hub of gravel riding. In yep. a lot of ways. Yep. 24,000 population. I was close. so close. A little off. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so close. Right on. Um, Matt, you've done a training camp. Was it mm-hmm. worth it to you? It's been a few years. I had so much fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think that year I was like planning on coming back and kind of gearing up for an Ironman race. I don't think that... I, th- I, I It's not that I... I would say that it wasn't like a huge bump to fitness for when I needed it to come into play, right? So I had uh, basically like a late summer big race, which is everything was revolving around that. But uh, training camp was February that year. Yeah. I think. It was, yeah, the very end of February. And so, yes, we did some big stuff. We ended up doing a 100-miler with a ton of elevation. Yep. I think we did 110 or something with... I don't it was remember, like 10,000 feet of elevation. It was almost 11, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. It was a big, big day, and that was <clears throat> such a blast. But I don't think that I carried over that fitness, because same thing, you come home and it's just straight rain for m- another month. How do, you, how do you continue that? Yeah. And I think then it was like, okay, so then you're, you're not starting from scratch or anything like that. You still get some of those fitness benefits, but you're, it's hard to go out there, you know, come decent weather in June or July when we finally have decent weather and get back to doing hundred mile rides, which is kind of what you need to do if you're yeah. doing an Ironman block yeah. of training. So my, uh, I did a, an AI FTP detection this mm. morning on train road and my FTP went up five points. Good. Yeah. Points or Watts? Watts. No points. Five watts. <laughs> five watts. Wrong. I should have said points cause that would be a percentage. Yes. Yeah, so I said that wrong. It went up five Watts. Good man. Yeah, that's so a that's, good. That's, that's a, good. That's really good. Yeah. That what you just touched on is probably the biggest thing for me about whether or not these things are worth it. I think that's probably the only true downside, with the exception of one other thing. Um, when I go out and do these training camps, you have to prepare for training camp. Otherwise, right. training camp's going to hand you your backside, and it's just not going to be a pleasurable time. And you'll end up probably doing more harm than good if you're going to try and do that much volume. I finished with almost 25 hours, and right. it was just shy of 500 miles. That's a lot of riding. Yeah. And if you're not ready for that, that's really going to kick you in the seat of the pants. Yes. Another thing that I've noticed, though, is like, all right, I have to go out there and I have to train for that. And that that's good because it kind of gets you inspired. It, gets, it puts something on the we, calendar. We talked about that. 500 up. miles in a week? That's pretty good. Uh, it was a week and a day. So, a week and a day. Okay. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so I go out and I do all this training, but you start ramping everything up and then you go do this big training block where like all of a sudden you've got this huge spike in the middle of your week that's more than double what you're normally going to do. And your body, as you start to age, starts to feel that a little bit. Now, what's crazy is like each day that goes by when you're at training camp, it feels like it gets a little bit easier and you don't have that big come down, that that let off. But at the very end, I kind of felt myself and I'm still not sure what it was if it's allergies or if it's getting a little bit sick and I feel better today, but my God, on Sunday I felt like crap 
And then Monday, I, I wasn't feeling 100%, but you you hear me like talking about how hard it is for me to get good nights of sleep. And I finally have found some um, good things to help me with that. And I'm you know, getting much better sleep at night. I'm getting like, you know, seven, seven and a half hours as opposed to five and a half or six. And that's a big thing. And it's through like, you know, just basically trying to be off screens and setting mm-hmm. an earlier bedtime. And then magnesium was the big thing that really has helped me quite a bit. But when I came back, I was so zonked, just done. I slept for, I think it was almost 10 hours. Wow. wow. That just never happens. It was just, oh. cra- I like, I fell asleep on the couch at like 820 yep. and I woke up the next day and it was like, I, I looked at the thing. I'm like, oh my god, I slept for almost ten hours last night. That's that's absolutely crazy. So, um, but it's probably good for you. You probably know, needed it. Chest was like a little bit congested, and I don't know. I, I still don't know if it was allergies and just being exposed to Training something camp down the, hangover or something like that. But um, you know, it just kind of I think it suppresses your immune system yeah, a little bit, putting sure. all of that that strain and stress on it. So there is a little bit of that, but that's the only other downside that coming home to a crap ton of rain. Yeah. Like my backyard looked like a swimming pool yesterday. I even texted my, cause I was working from home. I'm looking out there and I'm like, there's a pool out there and my dog needs to go to the bathroom. I'm like, damn it. I'm going to have to spend all this time <laughs> mopping him up. But I texted my wife. I'm like, I, I think our whole backyard's underwater. And she's like, oh, awesome. She's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad here at work too. But um, coming home to that sucks, but the weather, the time changed. That's, that's another big thing. Yes. So we've got a whole extra hour of light and it's going to just really kind of expand out as we go. But, We've got that, and and the weather, if it cooperates, you can really ride that that wave for quite some time, and it really helps kind of like kick things off. It gets you out of that rut. It gets you out of that, like, I'm on the trainer five or six days a week. I'm lucky if I can get outside for a good ride because the weather's been crap, and it it breaks that that mold, and it gives you that confidence, and you come back, and you've got all that fitness. Just got to figure out a way to maintain Maintain it as much as I think what you need is, like, one solid ride a week, which which is doable. Yeah. But honestly, I know this sounds crazy, but in the Pacific Northwest, it's like, oh, one ride a week outside, you know, where you're getting 60 miles or so. It's like it, sometimes you don't get those opportunities right? with work and family sure. and weather. It's just tricky. So, yeah. And for me right now, I've got two daughters playing soccer, both on the weekends. And my oldest is finishing up her soccer career. And I don't want to miss those Anything. games. Nope. Yeah. Because she's, I'll never get to see her play. I mean, she'll probably play as an adult, some pickup rec league or something like that. But I'll, it, it's just one of those things. I don't want to miss those moments. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be the, oh yeah, I missed her last three games because I was out doing 60, 70, 80 mile rides. Like right. that's no, and that's a big reason why I'm not sure about being able to make it to the the paper town race on the uh, soccer yeah. schedule. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter's soccer game is more important than me going to a bicycle race. Yes, so, it is. Yeah. Even though she's, you know, just playing in a, in a rec club team thing and whatnot. But anyway. it, does, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you, you yeah. don't get those days back. No. no. So, um, but for all intents and purposes, are training camps worth it? Absolutely. I had the best time. And it was so fun to go there, too, with a lot of people. Like, I, Lance has been to just about all of them, and right. a lot of the other guys have been to just about all of them. And we had a bunch of new people that showed up, and it's it's always fun to see the chemistry and the dynamics of how these things play out. And they're always, at the end of the, the training camp, they're always a little bit different, but they're always super fun, and it's really good to get to know some of the newer guys even mm. better. And seeing people do things that they've never done before, like having all kinds of like reservations and concerns and anxiety about like, am I going to be able to make it through this thing? You guys have laid out all these rides. I've looked at it. I have, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. And you get through the week and they all do it. And they're like, Oh my God. That was fantastic. You know, yeah. We had guys on the team that did a hundred miles for the first time. We had oh, wow. guys that broke 10 hours for the first time. We had guys that went out there and broke, you know, God knows how many rides in a row we did that were pretty big. And when he added it all up, they're like, 
I can do that now. And that's just yeah. going to be motivation for them to come back again next year and to know that their bodies are capable of doing some pretty cool things. And it's going to be inspiration for other people to want to go do the same thing. Yeah. And training camps are just, they're just neat that you're, everything else is shut, shut off. You don't have to worry about family time. You don't have to worry about work. You don't have to worry about all these other things. It's just like, nope, just eat and bike. Yeah. It's amazing though, how fast those days go by. I mean, yeah. we weren't leaving at the crack of dawn because why would you? We have got nothing else to do. So we right. were, we, I think the earliest we left was nine o'clock, but we were generally leaving at about 10 and we yeah. were riding for, you know, anywhere from three and a half or four hours up to five or six hours yeah. a day. And then you come back, it's like two, three o'clock in the afternoon, you blink your eyes and it's all of a sudden it's nine o'clock at night and you're like, what happened? I'm like yeah. telling myself, <laughs> I'm going to try and get a little bit of work done on the computer. I'm going to go out and like take some pictures. And I did all that stuff, but it just, it felt like I didn't have that much time. It just felt like it went by really fast. Yeah. So. One other cool thing about training camp, we had a, a Patreon join us. Oh, we forgot to mention that last week. I can't believe we forgot to mention well, that last yeah, week. Well, it was it was a different topic, and we were talking to a bunch of different people. And we were just trying to keep it rolling, and we we're all pretty pretty tired. So. We, yeah, we were kind of running on fumes trying to record the podcast after yeah. we'd had dinner, and yep. that's usually, we Ooh, go yeah. right to bed after we yeah. had dinner. Usually, bunch of old men. Yep. <laughs> but yes. Um, Nathan Skanky, actually, mm-hmm. he lives in Gilbert, Arizona, uh, in, in the Phoenix area, and um, I, I think he reached out to Jake. He did. He, he pinged us on Instagram, and he had actually won one of our Patreon drawings. He said, hey, in lieu of getting something out of the bag, can my prize be just joining you guys at training camp? I'm like, that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> Absolutely, cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he drove down on the day, on the first day that we rode Mount Lemon. So yeah. uh, he drove down, met us at the house, and he rode with the team for That's so cool. on Mount Lemon Day. So. Yeah, I only got to ride with him for like, I don't know, the first 15 or 20 minutes. And I think I, I didn't even get to really ride with him either because I was, I kind of knew, I had a little bit of a plan. I knew that there was a few stop ahead signs getting to the base of Mount Lemon. So yes, you did. Chase those, day. chase those down. And then <laughs> we start the climb and we're all riding together. And then all of a sudden, one of our teammates is on the side of the road and he's having shifter issues. And it's like, it won't shift. And so I turned around and everybody else kept going. And I was with John for, I don't know, five or seven minutes or whatnot, changing out a battery and a shifter. Um, the, the, the shift that was one of those little 2032 CR2, 2032 yes. batteries. Mm-hmm. And we finally got that done. And you guys were like, five six seven eight minutes up That's the road takes, man. and yeah. You know, yeah i wasn't gonna hammer at the bottom of that climb to catch up to you and then keep up so i kind of had to keep it in check a little bit so i didn't get to really ride with him much after that i i got to ride with him for about uh i don't know about 20 minutes i was able to stay with him uh-huh. uh and then they dropped me <laughs> him and john juan and dan beal all ended up going together up the road for me good from them yeah, yeah. and then about 45 minutes later I picked them all back off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got back up. So Turbo dieseled up there. Huh? I ended up passing John Juan and passing Dan Beal, and I caught uh, Nathan Skanky. Cool. And, yeah. So who, but, who made it to the top first? Paul. Paul. Yeah, of course. It, Did he hammer it? I think him and him Hanel. and uh, Hanel kind of blitzed fun. it. Yeah. Good. Good for those guys. I think Hanel pulled a good chunk of it. Paul took a couple pulls, but he took the longer pulls. Yeah. And then Sounds I think like dumped him off maybe at like mile 16 or 17 or something like that. And then Paul finished off going finished to the top. Up. And it was the the 20 mile variety that he got like an hour and 30. Correct. The 21 mile segment, they did in an hour 41. I took 208. 
Yeah. And he went an hour 41 in wow. the 20 mile segment. So, so half an hour they were faster yeah. than me. How, where does that put him on the grand scheme of things? Like the big Not list? Very, well, I think, was that the same one that Lionel Sanders did at an hour and 11 minutes? 117. Okay, okay, so for the twenty-one mile thing, I yeah. think it was one seventeen, or was the, it one fourteen? I don't know. Shorter one than he did it in an hour and eleven. Yeah, so that's a the smoking fast time going up. Really fast. And Sam Long for that whole thing, going back and looking at his power profile, I think it was four hundred and seven watts that he oh. averaged for that hour Correct. and fifteen minutes that he was on it. I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me? That's that's bonkers." Yeah, it's pretty so, bonkers. wow. Yeah, it's fun seeing those guys go after it. <clears throat> But thank you, Nathan Skanky, for uh, joining us. It was super cool that you came down and hung out with us. What's even better? He rides a BMC. He also (laughs) rides a BMC, so that's really super cool. Uh, Where do you think we should go next year, Lance? Uh, That's a good question. I don't know. There's been talk of Malibu. Okay. Uh, The Malibu area, because all those hills and all, it would be another freaking climb fest. I tell Uh you what was great for Tucson, big guys. Big guys, big we, guys did decent in Tucson because there isn't a ton of climbing. We would do ninety mile rides with like four thousand feet of climbing, yeah. and that's like, that's like, that's like decent. Yeah, we still did a good chunk of work though. I mean, we we're still working really hard. We were still like pushing really hard and keeping the pace high, and everybody got to stay together. And what's nice about that is like the big guys could go hard. And yeah. the, the smaller guys could just sit in the draft. And if they wanted to come around and take some polls, they could. But they didn't really have an opportunity to get away with the exception of Mount Lemon. Yeah. So I, I really like that dynamic. I'd like it to be a little bit more roller of a ride as opposed to just long sustained climbs. Climb. Or even if it's just like the punch in the gut after punch in the gut kind of climbs that we were getting down in Duluth in, in Southern California. Right. That was hard. I uh, Southern California, I rode a lot of it alone. Yeah. And... On this camp, I was able to stay with the group. Yeah. We were able to ride, you know, group pack dynamics for a while, which which yeah. I kind of enjoyed. And what's nice about that too, it's well, it's a blessing and a curse. When somebody has a mechanical or a flat or an issue, we can all stop and, and quickly help them get back up and running. And yeah. you've got people around you as opposed to you being sur- like stranded by yourself and like got this big tear in the sidewall and don't know what to do. Well, you know, not only do you have people with you. But chances are we're in an area where we can get a hold of SAG support, a.k.a. Brandy. <laughs> she can yes. come in and help people as well. So I remember when I stopped to help John with his battery, um, Brandy came flying back down the hill. You probably told her, like, somebody's down there. they got an issue. I did. I passed her and said, you need to go back because there's an issue down. And yeah. she turned around and buzzed down there. Yep. To, yeah. I was giving her the thumbs up. No, we're good. We're good. Okay. She's like, okay, thank you. <laughs> so anyway, that I think I like. Somebody else mentioned Hawaii. Maui specifically, flights weren't too much, too much more different, but housing, housing was probably double, if not triple. To, I would love that. Yeah. If, if if we got 15 guys to go to Maui and, and ride together, that yeah. would be phenomenal. But it it's might be a hard, it might be a stretch pricey. for some people. Yeah. Gotcha. Sure. All right. Let's move on to the next question. Are, are we on... Training, training camp's worth it, right? Training camp's worth it. Worth it? Yep. Worth it. Go for All it. Right. Oh, and people did say they want you there next year for oh. uh, your breakfast burritos and your the breakfast burritos. comedic relief. So. And uh, my body, they <laughs> yeah. want the good looks. They do. We do need some ginger love out they there. They want something. <laughs> I will say, the other great thing is we had no crashes. and we had n- We had no like major mechanicals. We had flat tires. We yep. had like seven flat tires, but we didn't have mechanical issues and no crashes. So we had one crash. Oh, who crashed? You. Oh, 
Yeah, I think day one. That's right. <laughs> There's no crashes. I promise there was no crashes. Oh yeah, me. I crashed. So day 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 one on the first ride, okay. um, I was rushing back into the garage to uh, to grab something I forgot, and I unclipped mm. and put my my cleat down on the slick garage floor oh. and immediately slid out and I like hate that. split my leg open. <laughs> I was like, oh. we hadn't even we hadn't even done a mile yet, and I was already bleeding. It was kind of funny. <laughs> so. Go idiot. Yeah. Glad you're okay. I'm fine. It was a successful camp. All right. Next question is Pagacha the best? And is he the best this year? And is he the best ever? What do you think? Oh. Okay. There's a lot of questions. Um, I think that he is the best this year. I think he's looking good. I think we just saw him race Vingigo and he beat him bad. So Perry Nice. Perry Nice was last week. It was this last week. Did you guys watch it at I, the camp? The, we we did not. You know You were busy. You guys the, were the, the, the TV hardly came on. We yeah, like would yeah. eat dinner and like <laughs> go to bed. I know, right? That's that's we wanted to be ready for the five hours we're riding tomorrow, you know. Right. So um yeah, so we didn't watch it that much. Um but yeah, Pogacha kind of dominated Perry Nice. He won three stages, I believe. He ended up winning by a minute. It was a showdown with him and Vingigo, mm-hmm. and he had his number. So yeah. he was kind of able to out-sprint him and out-climb him on a couple of things. And so, man. So he's had a good season so far. He's he's won quite a few races. But what's interesting is like we're still kind of a long ways away from the tour. We Tours are. in July. It's in July. Basically. It and it's it's just one of those things where it's like maybe this is the problem is that he's so fit right now, just like last year. He was super fit at this time of year last year. Is it too early? It it don't could know. be. We don't know. We don't know. It could be. I mean when you say is is he the best ever, I don't think that we I don't I think it's it's more clear than ever that he is not the best ever because he didn't win last year. Vingigo was clearly the stronger rider last year. I'm going to disagree with you. You think that he just had a fluke year last year? I, I Well, actually, I'm not going to fully disagree with you. I'm not going to say that he's not the best ever, but I'm going to say that he's pretty damn close to it. And let, let's look at it from this perspective. He was the class of the field for two years in a row. He yep. absolutely dominated. Last year came out and he had to go up against a very formidable opponent in Jumbo Visma and Vingigo team. team. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. that team set Vingigo up for all kinds of success. And but, it's going to be even more difficult this year because they've got even more firepower. But um, he, at the end of the tour, when they were mano a mano, yeah. Vingigo beat him. Yeah, but he had to do a lot more work. He was getting beat up. He was getting rope doped all the time. And when you think about it, he only has so many matches to spend. So. You need to you need to have failures. You need to you need to have a taste of that um, not being the best at that moment to understand that you've got you've got the ability to be better. And you, you if he, he's a smart kid, he loves to race. He's a competitor. He's gonna know exactly what he did wrong. They're gonna go through that like clip by clip, frame by frame, and they're gonna look at the whole thing and understand exactly what happened and why Vinga go beat him. So the fact that he tasted that is going to make him even that much more hungry. I agree with that. To win this year, and I think that he's going to decimate the field. And he's got even more firepower on his team to help support him. There, There's no way he doesn't win the Tour who's, this year. Who's, unless on his, crash. who's on his team this year that's the added bonus? Um, Yates. Adam oh, okay. Yates. Yep. And he's riding in support? 
You, you would think. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got, yeah. He'll write think, a support. Right? Yeah. And you've got, you know, McNulty, and then you've got Hershey. You've, okay, I mean, McNulty was so, so critical last yeah. year. Yep. That team That's a good group. got stronger. He's even more hungry, and he's 23 freaking years old. He's yeah. still getting better. And Vink How can similar. he not? Is he like 24? They're, they're close in age, right? I think he's 26 or 26? something. Okay. He's yeah, a few years older. Close. Yeah. And I'm not... And Vink, that, that Jumbo Visma team is also oh, yeah. still... Ridiculously strong. I mean, and they got stronger too. How how do do you take this team that's like perfect and make it better? It's so weird. I think it's going to be a very fun tour to watch. I look at the look with you that he's going to want it more. Look at his face when he's out there and he's and he knows he's hurting people. Yeah, and he's hurting himself. He's got a smile on his face and he's enjoying every second of it. Are we going to do some live podcast while we watch? One hundred percent. Those are fun. Those are fun. Come over in the morning. Come over here in the morning and. Watch the tour. I mean, I it's so much fun. <laughs> um, so is he the best ever? That remains to be seen. I think that you can put his name on the list as long yeah. as he's clean. Well, I, yeah. I think that he's got a lot of tours in, in his future. I don't see him being a um, you know, a one and done kind of guy. You know, you know, Ineos has a lot of those guys that were they're still super strong riders. Don't take anything away from them. But you know, they've won a tour with the exception of Froome, who was there and won multiples, but you know, that's the team putting them on the podium. It's not the individual that's driving the team to right, the podium. And right. and the fact that his team just got that much better and he's got that support that he needs and he knows what he needs to do, I don't see any reason why he can't win. I think he's the favorite. I I really do think what Jake said is <clears throat> is critical. Losing last year yep. just stokes the fire. Instead it, of being like, uh, I kind of got this thing figured yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's uh, like, okay, now we're... I got to buckle down. Why? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. yeah. Why did I? Because he was the favorite last year. Yep. And he lost. So now it's all, you know, all the pressure on. He's a favorite. I think he'll be the favorite again. And think ago also favorite, like maybe co-favorites, whatever you want to call it. But it's like, he knows he cannot slip up. Yeah. He's going to, it's not like he's going to take it easy during his training, his ride up to the tour. He's going to be like, got to hit every workout. I've got to do exactly as the coach says. I've yeah. got to stay healthy. Yeah. The other, that's the other big piece of the pie was last year. How many members of his team got sick? Like fifty percent of his oh, yeah. team was gone with yep. COVID or whatever. And I think that that's kind of the <clears> stuff that teams are going to have to start to look for. Like, yes, you got to be hitting these workouts perfectly, but you also have to be able to keep yourself healthy mm-hmm. and not catch COVID throughout this entire three week race. Sure. So it's gonna be interesting. It's not easy, but uh, I think that if anybody's going to come out and dominate, yeah. You, yeah, you have to say it's him. And I. Who's going to beat him this year? I, I don't know. Maybe Vingo, yeah, but right. I, and who's going to beat him next year? Especially with next year. I mean, we, we kind of chatted about this a little oh, yeah. bit beforehand, right. but they're not going to be finishing on the chomps next year in 24. It doesn't seem, I mean, we should, everyone needs to kind of throw their hands in the air and kind of send an email <laughs> or something. I don't know. That seems very odd. I'm going to gonna send you a strongly worded, worded email. Strong, firm, <laughs> firmly worded email. But you know what? What? That could heck? be spectacular. What if there's sure. just like a, a 30-second margin, and one of the guys has to beat the other one. I mean, th- that was we one like of the drama. best races. Time yes. trialing is is but, usually kind of boring, but that was one of the best day stages when yeah, it is. It Roglic was. pretty much imploded tour. and um, Pogacar came out and beat him and, and won the tour. Isn't, isn't the Olympics happening in Paris in 2024? I think that might be why they're moving it. Oh, really? I just thought about that. That's interesting. I think they couldn't manage doing both, both. 
the end of the Tour de France and the Olympics in Paris. I had at the no same idea. Time. And if that's the case, that makes 100% sense. Yeah. If, and it'll be the, kind of fun to see yep. something different. I have no problem. If that's the case, <clears throat> the Olympics is the, a great reason to mix it up and do something different. But they should then, then after that, bring it back. I, I, I don't know. It's the classic. It's almost like the day before the tour is, is in a yep. lot of ways, it's the last. Is that, that was the reason. It. That's the reason. But it always seems to me like the day before the champs lise like that's the that's the final finish yeah. right like yep. if they do a time trial like they did before the second to last day that's still kind of that big finish yeah so it'll be neat to actually have it on the last day hmm. interesting especially if it's a one-time only thing yeah. i'm okay with that we'll we'll let it slide all right so what's the say for you guys is he the best this year yes any anybody that you think besides Vingergo who could potentially knock him off for the tour? Roglic just crushed the Torino Adriatico. He he crushed it, huh? He he crushed it. Yeah, he I, won four they, out of the six stages yeah. and won every is, jersey except the youth classification. Is he riding in support of Vingergo though? I mean, what's going on? Good question. I don't I, know what's going to happen. I, no, I the think tour. they were co-favorites. There, I think they're going to go in <clears> double-headed <throat> monster, and one of them's going to have a hard time, and the other one's going to step up. Yeah, Rogan should probably crash out again. Yeah, <laughs> he, he does have that. Um, Sorry, I hope, <laughs> that, I hope he doesn't. That knack of that skill. I, mean, I hope he does. He I hope he, he, does, he does dominated. Really well. yep. uh, in Italy this week. Yeah, I just I think it's still a great start for him. Vingo yeah. and Pochacar. I think that's the, I, I that's too. the that's the thing. And I think we're all gonna, except for Evan, will come up with some random person that he picks that'll do horrible. Maybe <laughs> Gadu, yeah. Gadu, Gadu is also <laughs> racing great. This, yeah. You know, well, I just think that, season two. Yeah. He likes his French guys. Yeah. He'll pick someone <laughs> random. <laughs> but you're right. It, it was great in Perry Nice for that Vingago, like, yeah. Like he went up against him. Normally they, normally the favorites all kind of avoid each other yeah. all early season. Like, like Roglic and Wout went to Torino Adratico and then, but, but Vingago and that's the other thing. Vingo didn't have his whole team around him for sure. you know. Mm. But Vingago and Pogaccia both went to Perry Nice and you know kind of faced off. They and, raced and, and they raced against yeah, they each really other, did. which that doesn't really happen all that much early season. They kind of avoid each other until the tour starts, so that they don't give away their hand. Because clearly, it shows that Pogaccia has Vingago's number. Yep. So far, early season. Early season. Interesting. Yeah. Isn't Milan San Remo this weekend? It is. It will happen in like five days from now. Crazy. Yeah. Fun to watch. That's fun to watch. And then I know we're probably all in agreement right now that he's not the best ever yet. He's got to prove himself. What is the threshold that he needs to hit for that to be considered? I think if you if you win four tours, you're in the talking points. Correct. Right. So many people have won four tours. Chris Froome. Chris Froome. No one. Who's yeah. the big? Who's the big guy that won four tours? We should know this right off the top of our head. Uh, Contador? No, no, he won two. I think he won two. The big guy from Italy. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, <laughs> the big guy from Italy. Um, oh, the Badger. No, yeah, he probably did tour. Bernard Bernard Hunal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where's Evan when you need him? Evan Price is probably rolling over <laughs> in his grave right now, like just yelling at the microphone or yelling at the. Whatever he's listening to the podcast on, Do you Miguel Indurain. That's the oh guy yeah, about. of course. Yeah, how many did he win? I think he won four, five, five. How long ago? Uh, ninety-one through ninety-five. Hmm. Yep, ninety-one through ninety-five. Was he clean? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> not in those years. He was not. I mean, would you say would you take Pogaccio over Froome right now as being a better? 
classics racer overall a, a better cycle. classics racer yeah for sure I've, i don't think Froome was a great classics racer was he did he well, win oh which and then what about not. grand tours who's a better classics or a better Froome has four of them room was yeah he won well he won four tour de france's it looked yeah. to me like he had it, fig- it like he it almost looked like he had the formula figured out right where it's like team does this we ride these watts we look at our stem blah 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 <laughs> we win these races and there's right. and that's why i think people were getting frustrated with the whole thing they were just like this isn't fun to watch too mechanical yeah yeah but well i don't know if he wins four let's say he wins this year next year would you say he's the best uh, he's in the conversation. Yeah, I, I mean, think you talk about him. Let's say he wins this year and next year. That would make him what twenty four years old yeah. and have four tours under his belt. Yeah, That's and he's crazy. and he still hasn't peaked. I mean, when are you when are you going to peak as a cyclist? Twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, somewhere in yeah. there. Yeah, late late twenties for sure. Yeah, maybe if the guy stays healthy 30s, and yeah. he's clean, how how can he not be? Yeah, it's if he keeps his drive to keep doing it. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's so hard to to project that like that far out yeah it's a subjective thing but um bernard you know he is he's hard to he won friggin' everything not just that's the that's the thing he, he won the classics and yep. one day races and but early season like races yes, poacher cars like that yes, he can win he can win every, he can win everything he can he win one strada bianca last sprints. year yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy yeah, pretty crazy so <laughs> i think that makes him more likable where's from from you know he was a robot he's a robot yeah. he was a Grand Tour. I, I love Pogaccia. I think he's such a great good kid. For the sport. He's kept his nose clean. He seems like he's a good, he's got great sportsmanship. I mean, you see yeah. a lot of him coming up and congratulating people and fist bumps. He's got respect. People respect him. And they're just like, he he's riding on another planet. That's what a lot of people are saying. He's on a different planet in terms of his fitness. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Suspicious. Suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who Whatever. Knows? Who cares? Cool. I mean, it's. That's that's what we do. People right. win a whole bunch of things. You start to get suspicious. One more question for you guys: okay. blood glucose monitors. Oh. Would you use them, and CGM. should they be in uh, illegal to use while racing? They are illegal in the tour. I don't know if they're illegal in triathlon or the other UCI. Sports. The UCI has a rule that you can wear them during training, but you cannot wear them during a race okay right they're not injecting anything into you they are just monitoring what's going on within you correct why the hell would they say these things are illegal i mean you can use a power meter you can use a heart rate monitor that's Mm -hmm. telling you what's going on like inside you inside you well according to the uci you can see exactly where your blood close blood blood glucose glucose level is heart rate monitor tells me exactly where my heart rate is true power meter tells me how much strength or how much wattage i'm putting into the bike also true i mean what's the difference does this fall under the category of like your socks are too high? Come on, UCI. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. But, but I think so. I think it's just like a we don't want that as part of cycling. This is just like a strict, there's no reasoning behind it besides the fact that it's like, man, that's too much. This, yeah, they, they're just they, thinking it's just too do, much. They want, because, okay, so theoretically, if you know exactly where your blood glucose levels are, you're highly unlikely to bonk you, right where you, you, you won't if you're monitoring that you won't bonk because you'll see oh i am i am heading towards low so i need another yeah. gel or a rice cake here's or something here's a a compromise for everybody 
the athletes want to be able to monitor anything and everything that they possibly can. The UCI I don't wants know if that's true. Well, the, well, their power, their heart rate, their blood glucose. I mean, their coaches want them to be able to monitor everything. Okay. Well, the, the writers are that, like, screw if, this. I don't even want a power meter. If they have that data, well, I can't think of any writer who doesn't want to have a power meter because that's going to tell you a lot about what's going on with your body. It's it's so if you talk to someone like Richie. Like for, like any of those guys, like Richie the Port. class, the old Richie Port, Froome, all those guys, they're like, I don't want, I don't want disc brakes, I don't want any of this technology. Like, just want to go. Old ride man, bikes. get off my lawn. And there you go. And you're done racing anyway. So that's that's the thing is, I think that's when you're done <laughs> so racing. My compromise is the UCI is trying to say no, you don't want all that stuff. I think that if they're going to have all of these monitors. It should be broadcasted for everybody to see. It should be up on the TV screen, yeah. and I would, I would love, love that. that. Let me see I would the heart rate, heart rate, Let me see power, blood, blood glucose, all of that stuff. Like, and it, that would be so fun for us to watch at home. Like, oh my gosh, did you see what so and so did today on such and such a climb? They put up this many watts, and you're watching yep. him go, and then all of a sudden, you're oh, he's gonna bonk or he's gonna fade or it's gonna fall out, and then it's kind of like a video game. I, I think that'd be super fun. Well, I think it'd be very cool. I think like. Maybe it's not the tours or any of the grand tours, but some race should do it. Some race should be like, hey, here's the deal. You don't, I think the teams would not necessarily feel super pumped about this, but once they started to see people tuning into this race, if it was like a one-day classic or something like that, I think that the teams would be like, we don't want to be a part of this until they saw the numbers of everyone being like, yep, that's the race to watch because you get to see so much detail about these athletes. Technology-wise, it would be tricky because you have to relay that information probably through that back transponder piece that mm-hmm. they use, you know that yeah. little piece that they put on the back of their um their bikes then that would have to be relayed somewhere it would just be tricky relayed up to some server somehow i think it'd also be fun too to watch pay-per-view with microphones on all these guys unfiltered yeah. <laughs> just <Yes. laughs> hearing barking that they do to me yeah, 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 the crap yeah. talking yeah that would be fantastic dude that's how you get more people to watch bike racing. Yeah, <laughs> right. I agree. That would be, I think people would tune in for that stuff. So interesting. you want to talk about what happened this past weekend? So in the women's Strade Bianche race, uh, which is, what is it? A hundred and, I don't know, 20 mile uh, pseudo gravel race that you can do really on, on road bikes in, in Italy, in the Tuscany region of Italy. Uh, there was an American from Alaska, um, Kristen Faulkner, who was who ultimately took third place in Strada Bianche, and she was disqualified because she was wearing a blood glucose monitor. Did she know the rules and just do it anyway? Like, can you see a picture of her? Does she like? Is it clearly obvious that she's got it right? Because typically you wear the blood glucose monitor. Oh, you can see it through right right through her jersey. It's and, it's right there. So, so on yeah, there's a picture of her, and you can see the circle on her left shoulder where right. the blood glucose. So typically you wear it on your back, basically by your tricep, kind of back behind your arm. So hers is maybe yeah. So that's where she's wearing it, right? So that's the standard spot for athletes to wear it. The other spot that's common for typically for diabetics, is on your belly. I don't know why athletes tend to use their tricep area versus diabetics tending to use their belly, but you can put it, you know, either of those locations. So these patches that yep. athletes wear, you rough, you wear them for roughly 10 days to two weeks, something like yeah, that. That's about on, how long the patches last. Right, and that's mostly the adhesive part that just yeah. ends up giving out. The blood glucose monitor that diabetics wear on their um, stomach area... Um, those those are a little more invasive, and they last for like a month and a half. Are you or sure two about months. that? Yeah, these... my dad has one, and we have a teammate that wears. Okay, one so too. you're thinking about the difference between the pump itself. These it's are not two a pump. D- it's not an insulin pump. It's just, just a blood, blood glucose, blood glucose monitor. 
Because yeah. the same companies that make the ones for athletes are literally taking the blood glucose monitors from diabetics and using them for athletes. They're the same Similar. technology. Yeah. So I'm surprised that one would last longer. I know. I know that. I know the one that our teammate wears and that my yep. f- my father wears, who is a diabetic. They only have to change them every like once a month or six weeks okay. or something like that. And these patches only last for a week. They also seem two. like they're different shapes too, because those are usually kind they're, of like a almost like a pill kind of shape with like a I don't know like bigger one thicker. side. And, yeah, and then the the athlete ones are circular. Anyway, there's a company called. Super Sapiens, which is kind of the big company that's trying to move blood glucose monitors, CGMs, to athletics. And, you know, again, you're looking at, like, your blood sugar levels. Right. And you can see exactly if things start to dip or how your body reacts to certain food or gels or whatever kind of situation your your body's going through. You see exactly what happens with your yep. blood glucose as have you eaten a meal or as you are working yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she got disqualified completely. It's odd to me. Like, it seems to me like she must not have known the rule because she's not, she's not trying to hide it. If you were trying to hide it, I think you would put it on your belly as, I don't, as an athlete. I mean, she's on a pretty big team. I mean, they have to know these she's things. She's on Team Jayco. Yeah. I, but why didn't she hide it better? Like, if you put I it on know. your belly, it's going to be less obvious. Yeah. Team Jayco uh, will work to educate all team members, staff, go. and riders to ensure such an issue does not occur in the future by, anal- by so, analyzing so in detail the they're blaming regulations. On lack of education. Yeah, that seems right. like she didn't know she yeah. wasn't supposed to wear it during yep. the race. Yep, she's been wearing it in all she her training. She wears it on for, for her training. Yeah. yeah. So, I would think that most of the pro riders are wearing these during training to get a feel for exactly what their blood glucose does when they're in the thick of it and they take a gel or when they don't take a gel. So that's my guess is that most people are using the technology and training. Yeah. So going back to the question is, should they be illegal? Is there any reason why you think the UCI would say, no, you're not allowed to use these? I mean, they're not performance enhancing per se. It's going to give you an edge in terms of just knowing what's going on with your body, but it's not giving you a bump or a boost or maybe it's in protection of the athletes. It's like, okay, now but, I have to put this thing like inside of my, I mean, cause it's basically the way they, they go on, they go on with this kind of like stamp kind of thing on the back sure. of your arm and it, it puts a little prick into your skin. So again, athletes are like, Oh great. Now I have to have a power meter. I have to have this. I have to have that. I have to watch everything that I eat. I have to be super skinny and they have to, literally stuff things under my skin so gotcha. that they can continually watch my blood glucose. <laughs> right. Like how much, how much, at what point are the athletes like, can you please just have a rule against this? We don't want to be these little lab rats. Right. I don't know. I mean, I, for me, like it's something that I want to test on the channel. Like I want to wear one for a month. I know uh Ray, DC Raymaker has been wearing one for a while and you know, I, he hasn't posted anything yet, but He's like, yep, Gathering keeps data. coming off, keeps falling off when I do yep. this and that and yep. the other or whatever. But would you guys wear one? I, I, I'm going to at some point for I, sure. I would just to, to, to see the see. numbers, yeah. yeah, see how it helps. Yeah. And you can see how your body reacts to my, you know, it's like, oh, my morning, whatever milkshake that I drink. 
my morning milkshake seems to be spiking my blood. And you learn like as you. So not only did it bring all the boys to the yard, it uh, milkshake. <laughs> yeah, it did. It also spiked your blood glucose. But yeah, um, they'll, if you talk to people that have worn them, they'll say stuff like, oh, I didn't realize that grapes spiked my blood glucose. Hmm. For some, you know, like that's one of those weird things that you that wouldn't really think. spike it. Yeah, it you does. want a gradual build and a gradual dis- descend. You don't want this Any big spikes. spike. Yeah. Well, because you don't want your body to become insulin resistant. <laughs> no. Right. What's the the cost on these things? Do we know? It? Oh, that's good. That's a really good question. I, I don't. Is it like a cost prohibitive thing that I I don't know? I mean, if it was relatively inexpensive. Maybe I don't know. You probably have to have a device that's. I'm well, guessing it's like somewhere between 100 and 200 bucks a month or so. Yeah, and were you saying that they can be connected to some head units potentially? Yes. Okay. I think that's a that stuff is still very new. I want to say Garmin for <clears throat> sure, and Wahoo. I think also can display your current blood glucose levels from a monitor. A Pretty s- interesting. A startup kit from GoodRx is around a thousand dollars. Okay, well, look at supersapiens.com because that's the sports one. So a lot of these, if you are diabetic, then insurance are gonna they're gonna cover it. And sometimes it's funny with medical pricing, right? It's like, oh, insurance is gonna cover this. Yeah, it's all gonna we're gonna ramp these prices up, and uh-huh. they're gonna be crazy. Yeah, the out of pocket cash amounts always gonna be a little bit different. Right, um, and, so- and anything sports related is of course gonna be out of pocket. So there you go. Hmm. This is uh, exhilarating stuff. You're listening yeah, to us search stuff up here on the internet that we probably should have looked up before. Um, I would try it if it wasn't a cost prohibitive thing. I would want to mm-hmm. know these things. And you know, another thing is like you're going to learn a lot about your body too. So I, it might not necessarily be something that you need to wear forever, but maybe it's something that you can use just to get to know your body and and what certain things feel like, and maybe test out some different foods and some different supplements so that you can. Uh, Understand better what's going to help you perform better. There's a couple other, there's a whole bunch of companies that are doing this now because basically one of the blood glucose companies is saying, yeah, we'll, we'll supply third parties. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you'll, I think you're going to, I think we're going to see a lot of these little companies pop up using the same basic system, but then displaying the data differently with their smartphone sure. devices. So Super Sapiens is a big one. There's another company called Levels, I think. Uh-huh. I could be wrong I can't about find this. cost on Super Sapiens. Yeah. Well, we'll have to circle back on that. Maybe we need to do a whole podcast on just this, and maybe we can do some testing, too. Maybe somebody wants to send us some free stuff to try out. <laughs> you know what's interesting is um, these last couple months, I've been doing like my trainer workouts. I've been doing them fasted yep. in, in the morning. I've been doing them fasted. There's certain workouts I know I cannot do fasted. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing a set of over-unders, I can't do it. I fall apart halfway through the workout. But threshold work, VO2 work, uh, sweet spot stuff, I can do two-hour workouts fasted and don't feel a tail off. What I'm curious about is really what my blood close, blood glucose is doing. When you're that, fasted. When I'm fasted. Am I really just running on fumes or would it be way better? I, you know, that's that's interesting to me. Yeah. Well, whatever you're doing, it's working for you. Something's working. You've shed quite a few pounds. Your fitness has come up. You're able to, you know, with withstand heavier workloads. I mean, you're, you're doing well. Yeah, much much better than last year, for sure. <laughs> That's good. All right, so you, you guys still haven't answered my question. Should these things be illegal? No. No? Matt? I don't know. I say this is just one of those things where I'm all about the rules. Whatever the rules are, whatever the governing body that you're a part of has decided, just stick to that. Don't break the rules. If they're If they're saying, sure, allow it, then... That's great. Then do it if you want to. Don't do it if you don't. But it's just, you know, that's like when we always talk about drugs and things like that. It's like, just don't 
just don't break the rules. Whatever the rules are, that's what we all have to go with. Should it be a rule? Should the governing body have decided that, yes, that these are not going to be allowed? Probably not. There's not a real good reason. So to- you can take ketones and do all these other supplemental things that are... Ketones are all legal. They're they're in the gray area, and they're performance enhancing. Sure, yeah. But blood glucose monitors, no. It's weird. It's a weird decision. But then they have like people out measuring socks. I don't. I just think, I think it's whatever they decide is fine. If it were me, I'd probably be like allow it. And I do love the idea of being like let's broadcast this data. Hmm. I love that idea. Would love that. I found the cost of Super okay. Sapiens. It's not available in the U.S. That's why I had yes. difficulty I should have told you that. Yeah. Do they ship to the U.S.? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, dang no, it. It's don't. 150 euros a month. Okay. If That's you want, not bad. If you want to do it you like continually, right. 150 euros a month. So, <sighs> Is there another it, company that does it here in the U.S.? And, and why won't they? It's a, There's a couple others. Right. It's in this An is, FDA thing or something? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That's a bummer. I was getting all excited. I want to try this stuff I out. I try too. <laughs> well, we'll have to do a little bit more research on that and um, come back to it because I think that would be interesting. Anything else on that? No. No? Hey. Champ here. Champ Bailey. I'm all about Ten having fun. Champ Bailey in the hazy. What's here up, dude? I am. There's been tons of racing this last week. We've already Love talked it. about almost all of it. Yep. <laughs> so uh, what, what do you want? So... There were two stage races going on at the same time. We already mentioned them. Perry Nice was going on and Torino Adriatico. So Perry Nice obviously in France and Torino Adriatico was in Italy. And both of them had weather issues, like kind of significant weather issues. Um, one of the Perry Nice stages was canceled because of high winds. And they only canceled it because there were there were trees that had blown onto the course that they were having difficulty removing. Wow. So it was it was pretty rough. And Torino Adriatico, I think like the first or the second day, it was raining and snowing so bad it was kind of ugly. Or maybe that was that was the other Spain race. I'm getting them all mixed up. <laughs> Regardless, um, Primos Roglic dominated the Torino Adriatico. Uh, he did have Wout Van Aert with him, uh-huh. um, helping out quite a bit. Uh, and Primos Bet- won every single stage. Better right. Super Lieutenant Landup Man, Wout Van Aert. Matthew Vanderpool. Oh, dude, did you see what Vanderpool did in this race? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So there was a sprint stage, and Vanderpool let out his teammate, Jasper Philipson, and just friggin' crushed, crushed. it. Yeah. He, he came around a corner and laid down like a 1,500-watt, like lead out and nobody stood a chance it was it was like one of the more beautiful lead outs i've seen yeah in a long you time you start to wonder for a second is he just gonna hold that right and win it himself <laughs> no with with like a hundred meters to go he just peeled off delivered him and like put his arms in the air like he already knew his teammate was gonna yeah. win he was like so stoked for it it was actually really cool to see yeah so there were some rumors or some stuff coming through i don't know if it would actually be rumors i think it was probably from him He's wondering if he did too much during the cross season. Oh, he's, I didn't hear that. He's questioning his decisions to race as much as he did because he feels like he's kind of suffering. He's feeling a little bit of fatigue going into the the classics this year. So that's interesting. We've talked about that before. Like how how is it that Wout and Vanderpool and even like Pitcock right? and some of these other guys? How, I mean, granted, they're young; they can recover, but 
these guys are starting to get a little bit older. I mean, they're 26, 7, somewhere in there. And they, they go bonkers through cross. Then they go do all of the um, the classics. And then they're jumping into these world, you know, they just don't seem like they take very much time off. Well, got sick. Yeah. So it didn't, like, really kind of work for him either. Yeah. So it, Vanderpool crushed in the Cyclocross World Championships. Sure. He, he won <clears throat> it. Um, well, I guess he won it in the final sprint, but he yep. still won it. Wout, who was hoping to do Strade Bianca and several others, got sick and didn't do Strade Bianca. Yep. Uh, actually, neither did Vanderpool. He didn't do Strade Bianca either, if if I'm remembering correctly. But but uh, and Pidcock won, right? Yeah, he he won Strade so, Bianca. Yep. So that, you know he took off like two weeks before the cyclocross season starts. So did it help yeah. him for Strade We questioned Bianca? like, did he just walk away from it because he knew he wasn't going to beat the big two? possible i don't know actually wout and uh pidcock had a little interaction yeah, they on, sure did on one of the really? stages did you in, see that no 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 wout was uh i don't know what it was there was 10k to go or 12k to go it was near the end of the stage it's 4k to go yeah okay and he was kind of trying to buzz through the field and pull his rider up and he got squoze and ended up clipping pidcock and they both crashed well Ooh. i think pidcock well <sighs> It was kind of both of them. Like he was moving up, but yeah. he couldn't see Pidcock, and Pidcock like actually rode into him at the same time that he started to come over. So if you've got somebody coming into you and you're behind them, you're you're half wheeling them, and you ride into their back wheel. I'm gonna say it's a little bit more on you because yeah. he rode into Walt's wheel, even though Walt was coming over. <sighs> I don't. Know. But anyway, at the end of this end of it all, like watching how Wout kept that upright for as long as he did, his yeah. bike was literally going sideways. Sliding sideways. sideways. Oh, my was, gosh. He it, was, like, riding it like a like a power slide. slide. Yeah. yeah, and then he ended up, like, basically landing on his butt, and then Pidcock went, his bike went flying. Yeah. It went way up the road, and he kind of got a little bit more beat up in the whole process, I think. They both Jeez. they both crashed. They both went down. Neither of them were hurt, but they both ripped holes in their in their bibs. Yep. And, and, and Wout immediately got up, Left his bike, walked over to Pidcock, shook his hand, basically like wow. hey, almost helped him up. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm sorry, that was kind of on me. That that's how I read it. Was that Wout went up to him and says, "Yeah, I was passing at a not good time, and I apologize yeah. for that." I, well, I think that there it was. I think it was. Gonna, I'm gonna just call it equal fault for both of them. Yeah, that was just my take, but who knows? Oh, I want everyone healthy. I want everyone healthy yeah. to I want see to hurt. some. I want to see some very good racing this classics in summer season yeah so it really I, I mean don't don't play around guys play state play it safe please i think uh um uh julian alphilippe even took second on one of the stages so he's he's coming around too so that's kind of that was the cool. stage well. that roglic won right i think so roglic yeah. ended up winning that race where they went down roglic he did and he wasn't and and it was supposed to be wow was the projected protected rider for that stage yeah. but he crashed with 4k to go so roglic won it instead instead yep <laughs> roglic won four out of the six stages or something like that and yeah. won every single jersey the points jersey the hill climbing jersey that's the overall crazy. jersey the he I won don't all of them crazy. think he can carry that into the uh, the tour but I, I have to admit, I love seeing that because I like him. He's such a good guy. He's a good dude. Yeah, he's just he's a sportsman. He's got good character. He's a good teammate. He's a good competitor. You like seeing that for him. But at the same time, 
guy's got a high propensity of crashing. He yeah. Yeah. cracks at the wrong times. And it's just in the big race, you know what I mean? So he just hasn't been able to put the ball over the goal line to, to score that final touchdown to win. But you like seeing this. I just don't know if it's going to carry over to the TDF. So it was very exciting to watch that. Those yep. were fun races. And Perry Nice, you know, Pogaccia dominated Perry Nice as well. Like so, you do. Yeah, yeah. So he, there really nobody else had a chance. Adam Yates was trying to get in there. Uh, Gadu was trying to get in there. Vingago was actually trying to get, but Vingago ended up third. I think Gadu ended up second and Pogaccia won it overall. So I think he won three out of the six stages. Yeah. And so it was. It was it was good racing. It yep. was it was good stuff. It's that time of year, boys. Yeah. What does the number one hundred nine mean to you, champ? It means nothing. Nothing. <laughs> that is the number of days till the start of the Tour de France. Oh, oh boy, one hundred nine days. That's actually a lot if you think about it. It will go if, by if, in if the these blink of an eye. It'll go by really fast. <laughs> but if these guys are peaking now, and I'm thinking of poach car, it's like. Then uh, 100 days is a lot. It's well, a lot of time. The Giro's coming up first, so... Yep. And that'll be exciting. Yeah. Um. Uh, who Who's setting up for the Giro is... Uh, it, it, there's good There's good people right, racing the Giro. Oh, of so course. I think Evan Poole is racing the Giro. Is That's that what it was. Yeah. I'm so, still curious whether or not they're going to put him in the, the tour. I'm curious, too. And who's Ineos, Who's their GC rider going to be for the tour? Is we kind of talked about this, and I don't know if I looked it up. Is Carapaz still riding for them, or did he go somewhere else? I don't know. We need uh, Evan for that. I don't know. I don't know. We got to do some homework on on what's going on. There's all the transfers that happened this this past year, and we just haven't had a chance to really nail down who's on what team. And I'm curious to see though who uh, Ineos is going to throw out this because you know they're kind of the big team for a lot of years. That's on the outside looking in now with UAE yeah, and Jumbo. Carapaz is on EF Education. He's oh, is he on. really? He did yeah. go to EF. Yeah. Wow, it's a good spot and, for him. That team. They're getting to be sneaky good. I would. I, they're they're the team that we cheer for all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah, Magnus Court Nielsen with that yep. terrible mustache. That's so fun to cheer for. Yeah, uh, Nielsen um, Paulus. Yep, um, he's American. Yeah, he's for EF education. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah, they've they've got fun guys to cheer for. So good times. All right, anything else, Champ? Champ is out. Champ out. Champ Bailey out. <laughs> That wasn't quite as loud this time. It's fine. But in the podcast, that's going to be super quiet. <laughs> all right. Hey, real quick on the Patreon front. Um, we've got all of our patrons and just wanted to say thank you to them. I did a little pre-drawing. Okay. And the the names that were still in the bucket got pulled out. And the one that got pulled out was one of our newer patrons, Mr. Chris Mand. Oh, very cool. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So he gets to let us know or swing by the lab and he gets to pull something out of the uh, little bag of tricks there of all the goodies and uh, he can call that his for the rest of his life. So thank you for the support and everybody else who has been a patron, thank you so much. If you yourself are interested in becoming a patron, you can go to dowpodcast.com and you can click on the little patron link there. Choose a patron that works best for you. And Choose your own adventure. Exactly. We're, we're reading those right now at our house. It's fun. Yeah, we really appreciate the support. Um... I think that's all of the stuff. So let's get into that backpedal thing. No, we have one last thing. Backpedal. Oh, backpedal. Yeah. You're my, starting to sound my, like me, Matt. You're I hanging know, around me too much. Gun. <laughs> my backpedal can be super fast. Go for it, dude. Because I did not go to training camp. <laughs> yep. I think I biked once outside and then... Oofta. What did you do outside? Just I was testing um, a bike radar that's coming to market soon. Sweet. We can't talk about it. It's top secret. I may have tested the same one this yeah. past week, too. So that'll be good. <laughs> so look out for that video coming out in the next two weeks. Yes. And 
Yeah, it was it was hailing when I biked outside that day. What so. the hail? <laughs> what the hail? And uh, that was great, great fun. And other than that, swimming a lot, running a little. That's my back pedal. How's the Achilles feeling? Feeling like it's still attached. Still there, huh? Can't complain. Sweet. Lance Epler. Uh, Let, I, just it, give us some stats. Everybody's heard a lot about my back what, pedal. Give me some stats. Uh, yeah, I rode 25 hours okay. last week. That's, that's huge. And I think it was 480 miles or something like that. So You did a ton of swimming, ton of running. Didn't do a single one of those two things. <laughs> you didn't go. I'm sure the hot tub. There was a hot tub, right? There, there was... There was not a hot tub. There was oh, a hot tub, the, but it was not functional because okay. there's still the connecting parts and pieces. So yep. it was a relatively new build. The place that we stayed, we were only their third, um, third guest cust- ever. Yeah, they want to just, say customers. I'm like, yeah. that doesn't sound right. So anyway, they're, yes. they just got done building this whole like crazy cool pool thing. And it's cool that you guys had a good spot because yeah. that makes, makes a break. Makes oh, yeah. or break the entire we trip. Were, so we were good. lucky to find... We actually had a hard time finding something that would fit all of us that wasn't going to be yeah. stupid expensive. Yep. And then yep. we found that, and it just worked out great. Yeah, we had 15 people and some others and whatnot. And it's funny, because we'd been searching and searching and searching, and I was at acupuncture. I think I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again, because why not? I was at acupuncture, and I've got 30 needles in me. I'm face down on one of those massage tables with my head poking through the little donut hole thing so that you can be <laughs> face down. And the, the massage, well, she's kind of a massage therapist slash acupuncturist. Uh, they generally want you to relax. I'm like, I can't do that. I got, I got too many other things to do. So she just gives me a hall pass, and she's super cool anyway. And I keep my phone under there. So I'm looking through this little hole in my hands through like kind of, you know, navigating around on my phone and I'm like, Oh, you know what? I've got some time. I need to go see if I can find a house in Tucson pop onto VRBO. And the, the first, one of the first ones that pops up when I put in the parameters that we look for is this place. And this is like in January. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this actually works. And, and I'd been looking forever. It's hard to find oh, yeah. that big of a group. And so yeah. immediately, and I'm like, I shared it to our team Slack and I'm like, guys, 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 look what I found. Look what I found. And then, uh, Hatfield, called on it and sure enough we got that reservation made so it was just kind of funny that i found that like literally i was buck naked underneath the sheet with 30 needles in me, <laughs> <laughs> trying to make my hip feel better so i could go to training camp and that's how we found that vbr vrbo it worked out great yep so uh yeah that's enough for me i mean i, I after coming back from training camp i've I've been on <laughs> i had to go right back into the basement trainer so that was that was this morning before we recorded and uh, yesterday as well, I did a couple hours. So. Yeah. I think for for me, that was a, God, they were all so fun. It's hard to say which one was better, but I, I really liked that one to the degree that we all were able to stay together for a lot of the rides. Yes. We did have some separations here and there. And on the final day, we did split up into two groups because some guys wanted to go climb Mount Limit again. Some guys wanted to go um, do a a couple other areas that we had done earlier in the week that was a little bit more voluminous, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fantastic. So my week ended with six days of riding and I was just a, a hair under 25 hours, um, about 21,000 feet of climbing. And it was like 470 or 475 miles. That's a, that's a, that's a good pretty week. good little chunk of, of riding Solid. for six days. I, uh, Solid week. yeah, I, I, I survived guys. My hip felt Pretty good. I never really. That was my big question. Was it how never, did the body hold up? Yeah, shoulder. It never hit. became a bad problem. I did deal with some pretty big cramps and bad cramping in both legs. As a matter of fact, my left or my right quad, the one that actually started that whole hip thing, 
got cramped up so bad that I wasn't sure if I had actually tore some muscle again oh. or if it was just super sore, delayed onset muscle soreness. And it thankfully was the latter. And it took me a couple of days to work through that. And I finally felt pretty good mm. when it was all said and done. But um, I did get to win the the team sprint competition, Ooh. which was kind of cool. So that was a lot of fun. Duking yeah, it up green the, socks. Got some good. green socks good. for that. Yeah, good, good, good. Um, I think Chris Surratt won the the GC the all around because he did five centuries he in did six days. Five centuries in six days. Nice work. <laughs> he's a beast. He's gotta get ready. And he's he's, gotta get ready for two hundred mile gravel ride. Yep. That sixth ride, he still did Mount Lemon and still had a pile of miles on it. So yes, wow. Uh, Paul first crushed everybody on anything that went uphill, and Dan Beal, if I'm not mistaken, no, it was Tim Niles, when the uh, the most aggressive rider. He was the one that had never done a century before. Had only a couple times in his life gone past 10 hours in a week and he went out there and he did a fantastic job and he was chasing i don't know what but he was attacking the group <laughs> there was no stop head sign and there was no segment and he just decided he wanted to lay, lay down and start timing. blast no off one, the blast off the front right no one's gonna see that coming good no on you and then the group would catch him and then we would keep going but it's like he was just having fun on his, he was like a little kid on the bike so he was right. out there having fun yeah. so it was a lot of fun for everybody and um yeah like we said earlier i think training camp was fully worth it and good. looking forward to doing another one next year other than that go away rain Exactly. Yeah, we could use we could use a couple days in here. Yeah, there's some nicer weather coming. So Is there? It, yeah, I think so. Little Wednesday, bit. Thursday, I think it's supposed to be pretty nice, and then Saturday it's supposed to be nice again, and Sunday for the time trial is supposed to be cloudy. But that's a good thing because there's no rain, and if there's clouds, it means there's no wind, which yeah, is good. really nice for time trialing. Yeah. So, anything else? That's it. All right. One last thing, Matt. Go. Uh, normally I always plug a video, but I could say it's pie day. Go eat some pie. It's oh, yeah. 3.14 oh, today. Yeah. But is our podcast coming out on Wednesday or? Yeah, it'll come out tomorrow. Okay. So. If you, hopefully you ate pie yesterday. <laughs> if you're listening to this, tell us about your What's pie. What's the video coming out though? Uh, next video coming out will be Garmin Epics after one year. Ooh. Yeah, it has been a year, hasn't one it? One year of usage. Yeah. And you can see some wear and tear if you look closely at the uh, titanium bezel. The bezel. Yeah, I've got some scratches I on bet. that. But well, it, actually, look. let me look at your dark one because I think I say something about that in the video about how like the dark one has got a darker colored bezel and some of that stuff can kind of get scratched off. Not a big deal. The yeah. screen, the sapphire screen, it's those hold up flawless. really well. Yeah, Unless you drag diamond across it, it's like, yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'll talk about that. Really loved it. So cool. Yep. Lance Suppler, one last thing. Uh, please come out to our Michael Myers Memorial yeah. Time Trial. I'm sure this is what Jake's one last Good. thing is from. Screw so him. we can Screw that guy. forget that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yes, we have our first time trial in honor of our fallen teammate, uh, Dr. Michael Myers. We miss him terribly, and we're glad that we get to honor him uh, every year with putting on this time trial because he loved the this time trial. This is exactly trial. what he would want. This is exactly what he would yep. want. Yep. Yeah, he's front and center on the Obra website right now. There's a big, giant picture of him in his TT getup and riding on his TT bike doing something he loved. And, man, was that guy a time trialist. He was good. Yeah, he I was. could freaking hammer. Yeah, he could. <laughs> um, because I knew you were going to say that, I actually had something Ooh. else ah. I want to say for my one last thing. Very good. It's that time of year. The time is... The clock changed. We've we're in daylight saving time now. Oh yeah, savings. Saving. <laughs> daylight what are we savings. savings. What are we savings? Savings. <laughs> but so different rides. That, that's rides that's out? the trigger for us to pretty much get ready to start doing this little thing called flogging. We're gonna start oh, our boy. flogging rides. Not this week. There may or may not be a little like 
pre-flogging ride. That'll be more of a group okay. ride just to go out and like do course preview and, and check things out this week. But um, it'll probably start up next week after the time trial. You guys can, uh, if you're local, come out and join us for a little flogging ride. And then on Tuesdays, we'll be doing our, <laughs> call it kind of the dirt flogging, but it'll be our, our gravel ride that we do on Tuesdays. So Tuesdays and Thursday rides are coming back on and our uh, weekday lunch rides on Wednesdays will be coming back online as well, um, weather permitting. So when does, the, when does that Friday fog hat ride? Those go from Memorial Day to Labor okay. Day. So that's still a few months off. Although I've had some people that have been bugging me about getting that back on the calendar and, or having it start up sooner than Memorial Day weekend, but um, then maybe we'll maybe we'll do it because yeah, people love those rides. They're fun. We, we get a lot of people come out for them. So wait, that's my one last thing. Cool. Anything else, guys? That's it. We will be back next week with another one of these. And until then, bye for now. Bye.